0: But I come tonight with a message that's been stirring in my heart for a little over a week. And I'm excited to deliver it to you tonight. If you would, turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to begin reading in verse 1. If you have that tonight, if you would, stand one more time for the reading of God's Word. Again, Timothy, the 1st and 2nd Timothy are letters that was written to Timothy, which was Paul's spiritual son. Paul, writing to him, says this in 2nd Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, This know also High minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep in houses, into houses, and lead captive, silly women laden with sin with sins, led away with diverse lust, Catch this in verse 7. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. God, we come before you tonight. We thank you for your word and its anointing. We ask that it go forth in that anointing and destroy and break yokes. In Jesus' name, and the church says, Amen. You may be seated. Let me read that to you one more time, but I'm going to read it in the New American Standard Version. But realize this, in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful and unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these, for among them are those who enter into households, and captivate weak women weighed down with sins led by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I want to focus in real quick on verse 5, and it says that they're holding to a form. Turn to your neighbor and say, holding. Holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. They have denied its power. We see in the first four verses of this chapter that Paul is being very descriptive of what the world will look like. He says in verse one, in the last days. And we read these things and we can simply say that these are things that we see in our day, in our time. That's not a hard parallel to draw, if you will. But looking at verse 5, I believe there's something significant that we can take away from this portion of Scripture. You notice here that when Paul goes into this list of what things will look like and what people will be like in the last days, uh, he does not say it's the world, he does not say it's the church, he just says in general, people will be asking this way, will be acting this way. And he says all these things. They'll be lovers of themselves. They won't have natural affections. They'll be boastful and proud. They'll they'll be malicious and bitter and and hard-hearted and all these things that he lists out. But he says that this group of people will be holding on to a form of godliness. Catch, Catch yourself real quick, that this group of people, it, it sounds awful, it sounds bad, but he says this group of people will be holding on to a form of godliness, but will be denying the power thereof. More or less, let me just translate that and make that simple for you tonight. They will believe in a form of godliness and God's power, but they do not operate in God's power. They believe that, their, their, their form, their, their system of doing things will work, but it does not work. They believe that it is effective, but yet it is ineffective. That word in the Greek, that word form can not only mean form, but it, it can mean a portion of, but it can also mean a formula. So what is a formula? You see, what the writer is saying, what Paul is saying, that this, this group of people will have a formula that they think will produce godliness, but it will deny the very power that they are professing to have. You follow me tonight? Brother Michael, if you would bring that board out for me if you, in my office, if you would help me real quick. What is a formula? It is can be defined as something customary or a set form or method allowing very little room for originality or change or anything new to come forth. It is something that once you create a form, it is hard to get out of. Once you create a formula, we, we think that it is the recipe for all success. I, I'm I, I know... The kids that just went back to school are looking at this and they're kind of nervous. We're going to talk about some algebra tonight. Algebra tonight. Yeah, we're going to be talking about it because algebra is all about formulas. Mathematics is all about formulas. doesn't matter what form. It doesn't matter what form that the math is. It could be geometry. It could be calculus. It, it, It is made up of formulas to give us answers, And this is something that 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 we we study in school, and this is just called solving for X, finding the X. And this is a, a simple formula, a simple algebraic formula. But but what it it always produces, what we believe and what we know through mathematics, is the right answer. I always always I always think of this when when I think of algebra, that. This is the corniest teacher joke ever, but I have an uncle that is a math teacher, and he's probably listening to me right now. But I always said that algebra, stop asking us to find your ex. She's never coming back. Uh, it, was, it was just, I always think of it when I hear it. So so it, we, we find for the ex, we, we realize that it equals the outcome is something we know. The outcome is something we know, and we are given variables. But we know if we 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 take these variables and apply them to the answer, then we will find uh, what plus what equals the answer we have here. What is x plus four equals seven? The answer is x equals three. Okay, but I want you to know this is what we've done in the church because we have a formula. We have a formula. According to Algebra, that we have good singing plus good preaching equals a good service, and that's okay. Hear me tonight. Good preaching, good singing equals a good service. I thank God for good singing. I thank God for good preaching. I thank God for good services. But I want you to realize that we don't even we have not even understood ourselves that we are caught in a formula of this is how church should be. There's nothing wrong with good preaching. There's nothing wrong with good singing. There's nothing wrong with good services. But I want you to know we live in a nation that has had a ton of good singing, a ton of good preaching, and a ton of good services. But still everyone in our cities around us are falling into a place of sin, are falling apart. Everyone's looking to the church for an answer. But just as Paul told Timothy, he said, there will come a people that will have a form of, or a formula of godliness, but they don't even realize they're denying the very power that they confess to obtain. Hear me tonight. This isn't a slam on the church. I just want to awaken you. The Bible tells us in this chapter that we read that Paul says they'll be ever learning. They'll still think they're growing in knowledge. We're smarter than we've ever been. Uh, we, we have more access to more technology than we've ever had. Uh, but I want you to know, he says, that they, they, they're searching, they're ever learning, uh, but they're never realizing the truth uh, that is in Christ Jesus. What we've done is we've built a form of how we should do church. We've built a form that says this is how things should be done. Listen. I, I, again, I, I, want, I want you to, to note with me tonight. Uh, I'm not saying that we need to scrap everything we're doing uh, and try something else. Uh, I trust the pastor of this house. I pray that you trust the pastor of this house. Uh, I, I trust where God is leading him to lead us. Uh, I believe in that. I'm not. I'm not saying throw it away. Uh, I'm not saying scrap the system. Uh, but I want you to know that uh, we have been in a form so long in this nation uh, that we are literally practicing the definition of insanity We do the same thing. Good singing, good preaching, and a good service. And we expect throngs of people to come into the church house, get saved, get baptized, get filled with the Holy Ghost, walk in ministry, and live a life that God can be proud of. Listen, I believe in the drawing of God's Spirit. I believe in that. But I want you to know what I want is not a good service. What I believe this church wants is not just a good service. I believe that you hearing me tonight... Say, so you know what, I I love good services, but I want a move of God in my church. I want a move of God in my home. I want a spiritual revolution to begin in my city where people are falling under the conviction of the power of the Holy Ghost, where the Spirit is in operation. I want you to know that if we want to see that thing come to pass, then we have to get rid of our form and our formula and stop saying, God, this is how we do things and open ourselves up and and say, God, you give us the spirit of discernment to, to know what is you and what is not you. But God, you come in and you do whatever you have to do no matter what it looks like. You see, what happens, what happens often in this form, in this, this formula that we've created is we want to move on when God wants us to move in. See, what does that mean? What does that look like? I, I'll give you a very, it can look many, many different ways, but I'll give you an example. Uh, I, I believe, uh, I, I, I was talking to, to some men of God uh, last week and, and Brother Dan, I was talking with them and I began to share with them some things on my heart. Uh, I said, how many times does God want to move in our service uh, and in your service uh, and in services across this nation? Uh, but me being ignorant, uh, saying, you know what? We got to get these people out of here. Uh, God, we, we, we've got to do things this way and what I've done is I've put my form where God should be and I haven't moved in what God has wanted but I've moved on from what he's wanted I'm teaching you tonight because we 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 get in this 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 crunch this this time crunch uh, Well well I, I have plans I have I have all these things going on. I want you to know that we come into moments and in, I believe this uh, in every service where God uh, wants us to move in, but we move on. I'm not saying that we scrap preaching. Uh, I'm not saying that God always wants to move in a song. Uh, but what if God wants to move prophetically in the preaching? Uh, what if God wants to move in a song? Uh, what if God wants to do something unprecedented in the altars? Uh, listen to me tonight. Uh, I tell you, God is desiring to do something in us and through us. But what we have to do is say, you know what, God, the way we've been doing it all these years, I thank God for it. But Lord, I'm ready for a new thing. I'm ready for your spirit to come in a way that I've never expected. God, I'm willing to take the form off. I'm willing to say, you know what, I surrender. You don't have to look, you don't have to come the way I think you should come. It's you don't have to be three services and a message and I go home. God, you, we can stay as long as you like. We can do whatever you like. But God, I have your way in us. But we have a formula. This, all these start with good. So we think that good is good enough. That good is good enough. Here's what I want you to know. We'll give you some scriptures here to back up what I'm saying. The Bible tells us this in Psalms 118. The psalmist prophetically says this of Christ. He says that the stone which the builders refused or rejected has become the head stone of the corner. The stone that the builders rejected. Why was Jesus the stone that the builders rejected? Because he did not come in the form That they thought he would. They wanted a king and a savior. They wanted someone that was a warrior, but they didn't want someone that was born in a stable, that was a carpenter by trade, but came not to to conquer the world through a sword and through a spear, but came to conquer it with love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. He was a stone that the builders rejected because he was not the form that they desired. Their form literally eliminated the move of God. Hear me tonight. I believe in power. I believe in healing. I believe that God is still doing the same things that he did and will always do the same things that he has done. But I want you to know that I want these signs to follow me because I believe just as Jesus said in Mark 16, I want to see God heal. I want to see God save. I want to see God deliver. I want to see a move. I don't want to talk about revival Rayetta. I want to see it. I want to participate in it. I want to feel it in my bones. I want my children to see it. I want my children to take of it. But I want you to know that my good singing, my good preaching, and my good service won't do it. Because I have my own formula. God it's got to look like this. Listen, it's not wrong to strive for excellence. Again, it's not wrong to have good singing. It's not wrong to have good preaching. But I want you to know, I, have, I serve a good God that wants to do great things. He was just stone that the builders rejected because he did not come in the form that they thought he would listen to me tonight wrong way surrender and obedience <laughs> equals a move of God When you, we take the forms off because we don't understand. If you know anything about machining, you know anything about manufacturing, there's molds, there's forms. And those forms, and those molds are, are to create something perfect, right, Dan? It's got to be just right. And what we've done as a church is we said, well, if we do these things, it'll be just right. People will come because we do it just right. But you see, here's the problem is what we do when we put a form on God is we have put a limitation on Him. You cannot put a form on a formless God. He cannot be put into a box. He cannot be cut off. hear me tonight you say what What? you're talking about surrender you're talking about obedience you're talking about a move of God you're talking about a formula what do we do what does surrender look like surrender can be as simple as we prayed tonight as the worship team prays before we we come on this platform week in and week out let your spirit have its way get me out of the way get us out of the way It can be as simple as that. But I'm talking it can be as simple as that day in and day out. God, use me. Not my plans. Your plans. Not my form. Your form. Because something happens when we take the limitations off God. He begins to move. Because remember, Paul said, hey, there's going to be people that have a form of godliness. But they won't have any power. And I want you to know that this nation has seen the church for too long have a form of godliness. This is what it looks like. But we've had very little power. It's because we have a form and a formula. But here's what happens when you surrender. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1, it tells us like this. In verse 1, it says, in the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. In verse 2, it says, and the earth was without form and void. But catch this. It was without form and without void. But when it was formless, the Bible says that the spirit began to move upon the waters. Catch me. catch, Catch this tonight. Catch this with me. Understand this. Is when earth had no form is when the spirit began to move. And when we come in and we say, God, we have no form, we have no formula, the Spirit begins to move because He is the Creator what has happened in our day, in our age we'll stay in Genesis if you want the Bible tells us that God formed us out of the dust of the earth, we did not form ourselves and he says that we're going to make man in our likeness and in our image in my likeness and in my image, he gave us our form, he gave us our identity and he created us but yet creation loves to dictate to the creator, that's not what my form is, that's not what my image is. I can create it myself. I can do it better myself. But the Bible says in Genesis 1 that when there was no form that's where the spirit began to move. That's when the spirit began to move. You say are you saying that our services should be chaos? No. God is a God of order. That's why God gives us pastors. So they can direct what where the Spirit is leading. They can identify where the Spirit wants to go and let us go down that but but what we have is so often in this nation there are many men and women of God that say, No, no, we would rather move on than move in. We would rather go on with the form, with the program, with the schedule. To move in what God has us to move in. But the Bible says that when there was no form, that's when the spirit began to move. It's as simple as this. This This is what the Bible tells us. In Jeremiah chapter 18 and verse 6, he says, O house of Israel, this is God talking through Jeremiah, O house of Israel, can I not do to you as this potter, saith the Lord, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hands, so you are in my hands. What he's saying is, I'm to form you. I'm to form the church. I'm to form how you do church. I'm to form your services. I'm to form how you operate and live and operate in the church. He said, but what has happened, what is beginning to happen is what Paul's saying is they'll have a form of godliness, but deny his power. its power is more or less what he's saying is that it will be a man-made formula. And it will have no power. And in verse seven, he says, they'll ever, they'll, they'll ever be learning. Oh, we're smarter than we've ever been. He said, but they will never know the truth. Church, hear me. We've got to take the forms off. Maddie, if you want to come to the music. We've got to take the forms off. Oh God, I want it to. I want altar call to look this way because I, I got this to do and I got that to do. And I, I, I hope that that Pastor Ronnie doesn't preach that long because, because listen, church. It's so easy to just have a good singing, have good preaching, and have a good service. But that doesn't equal a move of God. That does not equal a move of God. There may be someone in this house that says, you know what, I I don't really know what you're talking about, Pastor. I want you to hear me tonight. We create forms in every area of life. If I'm stressed, this is what I'm going to do. If I feel depressed, this is what I'm going to do. You know what forms create? They create idols. And you know what idol worship is? It's religion. That's why when when God handed down the Ten Commandments to Moses in Exodus, he said, they'll have no other gods before me. And they will have no idols before me. And he even commanded them to go as far: don't even try to make an idol to show my image. Don't try to create any construct to resemble me. What he was saying is: I don't need your form. Because I'm omnipresent. I'm at all places at all times. I'm in the furthest stretches of the universe while I'm in your bedroom hearing you pray. We have to lose the form and the formula. We've got to learn to move in, not move on. Hey, day of Pentecost, perfect, perfect example. You know why it's perfect? Because 500 people saw Jesus ascend. Scholars believe 500 people went to the upper room. 380 left, 120 received the promise of God because 380 moved on. Oh, well, it's, it's day eight. God still hasn't come with his promise. It's day nine. God still hasn't come with his promise and the feast is going on. We have things to do but 120 said no but he promised it to us and we'll stay until he comes because 120 were willing to move in what God had commanded them to do because they were surrendered and because they were obedient a move of God took place they didn't have no form there's nowhere in scripture it says they began to sing peter got up and preached a little bit they had an altar service The day of Pentecost happened. It's not in your Bible. But what is in your Bible is Jesus said, "Tarry until you come, until he comes. Until you are a dude with power from on high. Peter wasn't a preacher, but on the day of Pentecost he became one. Why? Because he said, God, I don't know what it's going to look like. But when the promise came, he stood up and he preached in a manner that caused 3,000 souls to come to repentance. They didn't know what what a church service was. It wasn't anything like they had learned in the temple when they were young. God came down and did a new thing. But only 120 said, "You know what? We'll move in, we'll take the forms off. We'll say, "Holy Spirit, come, how you want to come." If you stand with me across this house. We know the outcome we want. But to get the outcome, you've got to fill in the variables. And the variables is all on you. Will you surrender? Will you be obedient? You may be asking yourself, why is this a big deal? It's a big deal to me because I'm tired of being insane. I love to sing. I love to worship. I love good preaching. Thank God we have a pastor that's one of the best. I thank God for that. thank God for a good church. I thank God for people that are hungry for him. But I want you to know that there's other people in this community that needs to see a move of God. Not a good service. Move of God. They don't need to see our programs. They don't need to see how much money we got in the bank. They don't need to see any of that. They need to see the move of God. But it comes when we walk into this house on a Wednesday night and on a Sunday morning and say, God, what do you want to do? God, what do you want to do? What do you want to do in my house? What do you want to do in my worship? What do you want to do in the preaching? God, what do you want to do in those Sunday school rooms back there? Sunday school is not something we do. It's, It's something that is building the foundations of faith for your children. God, what do you want to do in the Sunday schools? God, what do you want to do in these altars? God, what do you want to do in my life? Fear is a form. Hear me, young people. Hear me, adults. Fear is a form. It takes many forms. Don't go pray for that person. Don't worship that way. You shouldn't act that way. You shouldn't say those things. You shouldn't talk about that. Should act in that manner. Take the forms off. Be who God is creating you to be and say, Holy Spirit, come. Come. Give me discernment. Let me know your will. Let me know what you're doing. Let me know where your spirit's at. But we've got to break off the form. We come to the altars here in a minute. I'm going to go and I'm going to pray and I'm going to get up and I'm going to go home. That's a form. No, God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to, give, I'm going to give my heart to you. I'm going to lay it out to you every day. Every morning when I wake up, when I go to work, I'm saying, God, I acknowledge you in this day. Direct, lead and guide my path. Surrender, obedience, a move of God. I pray you want a move of God. So if you would, for a moment with me tonight. doesn't matter if you're at your seat. It doesn't matter if you're at these altars. But we need the forms to come off. I, I, I don't need people to say that, oh, Brother Jade had a form of godliness. He was a good singer. He's a good preacher. But no one was ever saved. No one was ever filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. No one was ever moved or called into ministry. That's not a legacy. That's not revival. That's a form. That's not what I want for my life. It's not what I want for my children. I don't want my children to look at at their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren and say, Oh, your, your grandpappy Jade was a good preacher. No. I want them to be able to say, He was a man of power. He was a man of surrender. He was a man of obedience, not, not, not to boast in myself, but so that this world could see that God still wants to use us, that God is still wanting to do something. So whether it's, it's coming forward, whether it's at your seat, but I'm going to call us to a place of prayer. And I know form says that we're going to come up, we're going to pray and we're going to leave. And if that's what God wants, that's what, that's what we'll do. But I just want you to say, Jesus, take the forms off. Take take you out of the boxes that I have put you in. God, you save, you heal, you set free, you deliver. Jesus, you you, you deliver me. From the forms I've placed on you. And God, I'm not going to limit you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But God, I'm going to let you tell me what to do. I'm going to be the clay. I'm going to let you be the potter. You form me. You make me. You let your spirit move upon me. So I'm going to ask you to come. Pray. As Sister Maddie sings tonight, I just want you to think, is the formula working? I believe there's more. I believe there's more. So if you would, find yourselves a place to pray. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you can take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life and as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, And thank you for joining us.